0: Hello, friends and enemies, and to all my friendly enemies, I'm Chelsea Nicole, and you're listening to The Slided Show. Life just keeps changing really, really, really fast. Uh, (laughs) Last time I recorded an intro, I had just left China and was living in Vietnam. And at the time, it was early February, coronavirus was not really being talked about. So I had heard about it, and it was definitely more of a thing in Asian countries. I know Western countries were totally ignoring it. they wasn't even on their mind. Um, and I remember like, my mom calling me being like, you left China, right? And I'm like, yes, I left China. I know China's going on lockdown. I have friends there. Just like, okay, you're not planning on going back. I'm like, no, we're going to stay in Vietnam, um, maybe travel around. Like we had plane tickets bought to go spend a month in Japan. Um, and then mid February, our plane tickets get canceled to Japan because they were having their own outbreak. And at the time Vietnam was still good. Like still like only like five cases. Um, so I was going to stay long-term in Vietnam and settle down And then early March, um, Vietnam started doing their own lockdown. Um, I was living on an island and they kicked all the foreigners off the island and, uh, because there was no hospitals. So they wanted to protect the locals there. Um, so I moved to another small town and then they kicked out all the foreigners (laughs) and then I moved to another small town. They kicked out all the foreigners, finally relocated somewhere else and, um, As cases started growing in the West, um, and specifically growing in America just rapidly, um, there's a little bit of like an anti-West sentiment forming. And people were really afraid of Westerners. uh, And it kind of got a little scary. And so I packed my bags and I moved back to America. So I'm just now getting back into the swing of things. I've been back for almost a month bought a van, currently converting the van to move into, so that's just a kind of a quick life update for me. whole lot of big changes, but I'm really happy to be back in America and uh, just getting settled back in. So, long overdue uh, podcast is now finally out. Um, It's part two to Eric Casey's story. So I finished last podcast as he was just beginning the story about poker tests and how the poker test was formed. So we're kind of jumping back into that story. Uh, Eric has this idea. He's kind of messing around with the idea, doesn't know if it's any good at all. Like He's kind of like, maybe this is a good idea, maybe this is just like a dumb trick that I made up. And he's at a lecture with Greg Wilson, and he shows Greg Wilson... um, the poker test and wants to just see his reaction. So it was like right after the lecture, he shows him and was like, hey, do you have any thoughts on this? And Greg was really, really interested and really liked it. And he said, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. Let's let's talk about it. So they went to a Denny's and they started working on it. They spent hours in that Denny's uh, just workshopping and trying to make it, you know, better or or work on the routine and so that was eric's you know beginning with poker tests and that's where we're picking up with the story is him at denny's so we'll go ahead and listen
1: and we did and we workshopped it until 5 a.m um
0: oh my god yeah oh we
1: sat at denny's until maybe it's 4 a.m or something it was stupid I mean, he, I, again, he was so laser focused on this routine and this trick and developing yeah. it.
0: Wow. And so,
1: and I know I got to add stuff to it and got to add like my own flair to it and stuff. But like for a while there showing people felt weird because I felt like I was showing them a Greg Wilson trick and not my trick. And it took me right so long to just accept the fact that it's mine. And I like got lucky at having Greg consult for me essentially and like help me. Yeah. develop this routine um and then when i was leaving uh because i had a 6 a.m shift at the time i was also working at chick-fil-a at the time as well i was doubling up at daytona and chick-fil-a i had a 6 a.m shift at chick-fil-a i uh, hadn't slept at all so i was like i need to go right now like i have to I actually i literally have to go to work um uh, and i got his email and i told him that i wanted him to release the trick and just like credit me and, like, right. I'm, like, handing him poker test, saying, this is yours. Yeah. And Greg took the email down and said, I will help you. said, but I'm not doing this. said, this is your trick. You have to do it. You have to put in the hard work. You – and then he also, like, gave me advice. He was like, no, don't sell the rights. He said, don't give me the rights, and don't ever give anyone else the rights. It's like, this is gold, yeah. and it's yours. So you need to have it. Like, I don't want – I don't want this and I don't want anyone else to have it. This is your trick. And I've had other magic companies offer to buy the rights from me. And I like, and that was before I even fully released it. And I'm like so glad that Greg was like, don't ever sell, don't ever do it. Cause I never have. Yeah. And because of that, I've made way more money than I could ever imagine on the poker test. So huge <laughs> props to Greg. Thank you so much for all the life advice. And now it's why I also will never sell the rights to anything I create. Because he also, I think he sold the rights to some of his tricks and now he's like trying to get them back. And that like really bit him in the ass. So he was like, don't, just don't ever do it. And he was like, it'll be hard. It'll take time. It'll take money to create. But he's like, invest the time, invest the money, and it's worth it to just never let anyone else own your creation. And he's so right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so you show him the trick. And I mean, it, this seems to be the point where it's right around this time that your career is going to kind of start to actually like really develop is like the poker test he tells you yeah don't sell the rights and then keep going with the timeline because there's a lot more to the story of like how uh
1: yeah there, so i i do i do nothing with it because again i'm in my i'm in a, another world that i don't know how to sell magic and greg's busy i remember contacting him a couple times but he's busy so he can't really answer can't really help that much he helps where he can um but he, he, I mean, that dude is releasing like a trick every like three months at that period of his life. So, yeah. So yeah. So that didn't happen. Uh, and then I think it was. I mean, I sat on Poker Test until I was like twenty, so I had it for like a year and a half after Greg. Or no, I mean, I might have been. I, I think thought it, was it 20. got
0: released when you were nineteen. But again, I, you know, you're gonna no. know. It, okay.
1: No, you. I mean, you saw it. I just it didn't get released then. Okay. No. I run into Greg at IMX uh, and we talk for a bit. He asks me about Poker Test. Uh, all Poker Test did not have a name at that point. He just asked me about that trick. Um, no, no, no. So I'm getting my story backwards. I see him and I wave to him and I was just going to keep walking. And Greg sees me and pulls me and is like, hey, dude, come here. And and I like, I'm like, oh, cool. Greg wants to talk to me. Because again, like I'm still starstruck by the guy. I'm still starstruck by every magician because IMX is my first big convention. I don't want to like bother people. And in my head, every magician is like this huge famous guy. I learned now that we're all just people hanging out, having fun. Um, But yeah, so he calls me to him and was like, hey, do you do you have that that trick that we worked on, you know, ages ago with like the cards changing? I was like, oh, yeah, of course, because I carry it on me everywhere at this point. And so he's like, oh, show this guy. So I show this guy and he was like, oh, and he was like, oh, oh. the other guy's like, I want to buy that from you like, right now. And I was okay. like, oh, it's not on sale. And he said, tell me when it's on sale. I'll buy the first thousand units. That's awesome. And I was like, oh, what? It's like, I don't like it. It's on sale now. Like, it turns out now it's on sale. Yeah. it's like you know what? Right word. now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and I was like, OK, sure, man. Like, what's your email? And he's like, oh, I'm a jar at PenguinMagic.com who, if you don't know, is the owner of penguinmagic.com. And so <laughs> they right away We're in. Uh, Azhar introduced me to Tim Trono. And then Tim from there helped me develop, like, everything else. He put but, me in contact. But with every, when, this, to be in con-
0: when this happened, was your brain melting a little bit?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, when he said penguin magic and he was Ajar, I was like, hm, yeah, I know you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I absolutely know who you are. I can't believe... I'm very glad Greg wasn't like, oh, here's the owner of Penguin Magic, do right. this trick. But he was like, here's this guy, do this trick. And uh, so, yeah, so I flip out at this point And then I start filming. I mean, you helped, you and Luke Del Rocco helped me film the first ever demo video at the town that. center here in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, right when I got back, like, there was no more wasting time anymore. And I was like, let's do this. Yeah. Uh, and then that's when I realized making... One thousand units of a trick is hard. Yeah, like very, very hard.
0: Well, like this uh, story is kind of hysterical because you have to buy like what a thousand decks of a regular bicycle. No. two hundred
1: and fifty.
0: Oh. oh, because there's
1: four royal flush units in every deck.
0: For some reason, I thought you were only gonna sell like, like the spades version.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I I got, everyone got everyone. I use hearts exclusively. I don't perform with spades. It just seems too obvious to me. Uh, Tidbit about Eric. Um, But, so I hire another friend named Jacob Tire uh, to help me start producing these. I uh, think he made, he got, I think, 500 units done in the summer and just crushed out 500 units I had dropped tons of money uh, on it. I think I went on vacation once, too, and I just left him my credit card. And it was like, mm. if you need cards, if you need spray, if you need... Whoops, I just said spray, so now you know a little bit of the method. If you didn't buy the trick, buy it. Uh, and it's like, if you need anything, just go out and buy it. Um, so very trusting, but he cranked out like 500 units. And I told Penguin, hey, look, I've got 500 units made. It's going to take me longer to get 1,000 because I also... Like, I don't have the money. To buy like another 175 decks of cards. Like this is adding up and I'm I'm a kid and then I still had to film a DVD and I had to pay for packaging for all of this. So I was just trying to like find out the most economical way. So penguin's like, yeah, we'll take five hundred. Like we don't care. Like we just want it right now. So I'm like, all right, so I sent him five hundred. I get the DVD finished. It's horrendous. (laughs) It's so bad. I think I shot it in the first condo I lived in. Um, bad haircut, bad camera work, everything. Um, <laughs> bad editing. Uh, and the DVD cover looks like a child made it
0: because
1: <laughs> I did. And, uh, and so I f- it finally like gets produced But, I mean, you did
0: everything. I mean, you were, like, videoing, editing, yeah. sound, yeah. been taught it, 100% graphics. was me. yeah. There's Which is very worst. incredible. I mean, yeah.
1: Uh, so that, so it sells. Uh, I'll never forget the day that it sells. It finally goes on sale. Also, at this point, I've quit Daytona Magic because yeah. I know it's a conflict of interest to sell magic while working for them because they'd probably be upset. And I got a job at a law firm. So I had started working at a law firm as well. And then sold this trick. And I'll never forget the day it went on sale. I didn't leave my room for three days except to, like, get water. I had the worst anxiety. I felt horrible. I, like, because I remember calling the firm and being like, I- I'm not coming into work. Like, I'm really sorry, guys. It's, like, one of the few times I actually had to call out. And it's just, I like, I wanted to die. And then reviews started coming in. And I was afraid that people were going to bash it, because naturally it's the first thing I released. Right. And uh, it was just absurdly positive reviews. So I just had never thought i would get to that level of i don't know like positivity from people right and that happened and then uh and then they sold out within like two weeks or so so 500 units
0: before we talk about that i just i think it's like i i kind of want to focus on the part about the anxiety because i think i mean you have people that are looking up to you now and i know that might be weird for you to hear and i think every magician thinks like that like what no but people know the poker test and I think so many magicians that are maybe young or wherever they're at probably have these ideas that whenever someone puts their work out there it's like no big deal like whatever I'm just doing it and I think it's so good for people to know that part of the story that it was so terrifying because and and I think it also represents like it's your art it's a part of who like you were sharing something that
1: yeah was valuable it was me it was you. It was so yeah. much of my life's work, which, like, I'm a kid saying it's my life's work, but, like, I have a limited worldview of my life. Right. I hadn't been alive that long. So that was 25% of my life at the time because that had right. been, like, five years of something I'd been sitting with. Right. So like, 25% of my life I'm now just handing out to everyone.
0: Yeah, and you're just putting and yourself out it's, there.
1: It's the it's – the sca- I mean, I'm saying that, like, you know, uh, it's it was so scary then. I have – yet to get over this fear and anytime anything has my name on it that gets released i am horrified every single time it's never gone away
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Uh,
1: luckily it's not as bad though i can at least get up and do things i just like avoid my phone and avoid reviews and avoid talking about magic for like a week
0: yeah because of the anxiety which i i yeah Yeah. i think that's i'm happy you share that i i think everyone needs to like hear that and know that like yeah you know, I still get just... anxiety
1: before I do a show. Right. I could be doing the easiest stuff. And I'll do poker tests and like uh, things I've been doing my whole life. And mm-hmm. right before I go on, I'm just like, oh, God, I'm going to mess up. <laughs> and it, it, every, I haven't bombed in ages. It's been a long time since I've bombed. Yet for some reason, my head is still like, you're going to bomb, dude. Like, it's over. Yeah. Like, you are going to mess this up. And so... Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't go away.
0: All right, so back to the poker test. You sell out of the first 500, go from there.
1: Sells so the first 500, uh, but I also got a check for $5,000. <laughs>
0: and I
1: was like, this is dope. I've <laughs> never had this kind of money given to me. Yeah. And I take that money and I start calling around, and I, again, I go straight to Tim Trono. And I'm like, okay, you guys want another 500. And Tim's like, man, we want 1,000 again. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> it's like, you guys want 1,000. Either way, what do I do? Like, I can't make 1,000 of these again. Like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. And he was like, cool, here's some contacts. And he like, sent me some contacts and said, call them, tell them how to make the gimmick, and hire them to make it. And I didn't realize that you can hire people to do anything. Uh, <laughs> and so I hired a company to make 1,000 uh, units. And this is still Poker Test 1.0. And uh, I get new, smaller, thinner packaging because Tim's like, if you get this slim, slim slimline packaging done that we use now, we can do free shipping and you'll move more units with our new free shipping option. Okay. And I was like, obviously I'm doing that. And it was a little cheaper, so I saved some money, but I was paying more in production costs. It like still evened out. Yeah. So this company sends me a unit, a test unit. Like, does this work? I try it out. It works. They're also packaging them in these like, Ziploc packages, sort of, so like there's no moisture or humidity getting into them. Pretty great. So I test one unit, love it, and I have them ship the next thousand straight to my manufacturer. Right. And uh, what a mistake that was. Because I couldn't quality control test any of them. And I didn't, again, I'm at this point 21 maybe, and I had no idea that was a thing I had to do. Right. And uh, yeah, so then it was somewhere upwards of like 70 failed. So I think like 700 units just bombed entirely. Uh, It was like terrifying, but on the DVD, I tell everyone if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, concerns, email me. And I put my email out there publicly and I was getting 10 emails a day when I was at the law firm, of just people telling me this has failed. This has failed. This has failed. And so I just started telling everyone, uh, you know, sit tight for a minute, I will come up with a solution and it just keeps happening, keeps happening. So then I send this massive, massive group email to everyone. And I said, all right, here's what's going to happen. I need you to reply with your address. And if you could only send me your address, because it's this huge chain email, essentially. Um, And uh, also I'm smart. I blind carbon copied everyone. So if they hit reply, all it wasn't like thousands of people getting everyone's address. Uh, Very, very proud of that one because I learned that trick at the law firm. Uh, So I get all of these addresses. I reply back, say, all right, guys, give me a month. And then from that point on, every waking moment of my time was building gimmicks by hand again. Because I was like, I'm not, I refuse to let someone else mess with my quality, mess with my reputation. And mess like, like I put, I didn't realize I put my reputation in someone else's hands. Right. But I did, and they ruined it.
0: Right. And so
1: I, I replaced every single person's gimmick by hand. It uh, cost me almost all of my profits, uh, and I made almost no money from Poker Test. And then I canceled. I, I, I discontinued Poker Test entirely um, because it's back to that level of anxiety again. I went from yeah. huge swings of like massive reviews, everyone's loving it. And I'm like, yeah, this is great. To then an even larger swing dealer side of being like, this failed, you suck, this is the worst. And I was like, oh no, like this yeah. is not where I thought this was going. Uh, so the whole pride comes before the fall and boy did I fall. Uh, and then it wasn't until my first ever Magic Live that this is maybe eight months later. Um, mm-hmm. I will say this, I did have some profits left because that's what paid for Magic Live Uh and I had, it was like eight months later, and then it was uh, Derek Windham, who we know and love.
0: Yeah, uh, I was I was with you, right? This is...
1: You hadn't met Derek yet at this time, I don't think. I don't what? think you were at this live.
0: When I thought he told you at 26... Oh, so it was 25. Or, oh, okay. Go it ahead. Tw- keep going. It was
1: 2013,
0: I think. 20 th- Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, because I'm young. I mean, I'm 22, I think, at this point. Yeah. And I still was doing my regular poker test because I still like doing it. But I was like, I'm never selling a trick again. Cause this is a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and, and I remember there, Tim Trono asked about it. He's like, dude, we want more. Like we really want more. Like people love it still. And everyone that replaced too, if you like look through the reviews, like there are people who are like, Eric's customer service is great. He replaced my unit. I love it. So I really didn't get many bad public reviews from it. Cause luckily everyone came to me directly. Right. And uh, so there's still people wanting this trick. And I'm like, I'm never doing this. <laughs> I showed Derek. Derek looks at the gimmick. And he was like, dude, why are you doing it this way? It's like, you could do almost the exact same thing, but make it even more like durable with this method. And he tells me what the method of 2.0 is now. And I it blew my mind. I went home right away, tried that method out. It worked flawlessly, if not better. I was like, oh, we're back in business. And uh, I found, I told Tim all my problems with that other company and was like, do you have anyone else? said, yeah, this guy costs a bit more, but ask him. And it wasn't a company. It was just a guy in his garage. I was like, that's what I like. Because then I know he, it's just, it's not people. Nothing's getting like, I don't know if like someone got lost in communication or what happened at the other company, but it was just a guy making all of them. And I loved that. So that was Jeremy Hanrahan. He builds a lot of the gimmicks for, Theory 11 and a bunch of other huge websites. Yeah, and I can't believe he does
0: that. And is, that's incredible.
1: Yeah. He is called the, it's the Hanrahan Gaffco, is now his company. Okay. He wasn't, I don't think that company existed when I first hired him. He just right. was kind of known as a guy who knew how to make gaffes and he could do okay. it well. So I explained to him how to do it. He knocked it out fast, efficient, just nailed it. Uh, and I re released it as Poker Test 2.0. And Penguin built a demo from the ground up with it, and it was perfect, and now that's kind of where it's at today. I haven't really had any problems since then, other than yeah. I'm now, like, I reshot the whole thing, and I have new packaging, because I realized I can hire people to do all that stuff now, and I have proper video with proper sound and good-looking packaging.
0: Nice. But that's
1: that's the story. i probably missed some details, obviously, but I think that's the whole thing
0: yeah yeah that was I love like it's such a great story of how that all started how sort of your name got out there and um you got the poker test it's just such a crazy unique story that a lot of people you know
1: I'll say this too man it is I've learned creating magic is a group effort every time
0: yeah the amount of people
1: that I need to like correct me or tell me oh that doesn't look good oh Derek being like do this method man like The amount of people's input, especially like starting with Greg, I have now realized every time I do any magic, I'm getting every bit of input I can. If I like, if it's going to go for release, like I'll have tricks that I've been doing for years that I'm like, maybe I'll release this. And then the first thing I do is go to Sebastian and he's seen all my stuff, but then I'll tell him this might be something for release. And then Sebastian's like, oh, cool. In that case, he'll then start working with it, performing with it, trying out different ideas. And so... So, yeah, everything now is just such a collaborative effort to make, like, yeah. to create magic.
0: Before we stop talking about the poker test, before we move on from that, I actually, someone submitted a question for you. Uh, it's Smoke and Mirrors Jax. Uh, they asked... Oh, uh, Ryan. We've... Oh, okay. Yeah, Ryan. So, I don't know. I didn't know who it was. It says, when creating the poker test, what came first, the effect or the method?
1: Um, That is a great question i think it was effect yeah it was effect for sure uh but like it was the effect i knew i wanted to do it and i just didn't have a method and so i kind of forgot about it and so i like i had this idea of wanting to do gambling stuff or having an idea for this routine uh, where like any card could be picked and it like just would be a royal flush great. and then i just didn't have a good method without sleight of hand so i just kind of canned it for a while until i was reading harry anderson's book And I read about that method and I was like, oh my God, that can be applied perfectly. So it wasn't like I had an effect and then I worked tirelessly until I had a method for it. I just had an idea, but had no solution until one day the solution just hit me by reading a book. And I went, there it is. Like I did. So like the, the goal, that was never a goal until it became a goal, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, I guess let's just continue with your career in magic, which I think you might be one of the few magicians at, at this point on the podcast who has been doing sort of a duo career where magic is not your main uh, source of income. Mo- I think most magicians, yeah. I think every magician I've interviewed at this point, nope. most, I don't know, 95%, you know, it's their full-time Two. magicians.
1: Pipo and Ryan. Are not full time okay. magicians.
0: Okay, sweet. Yeah, and so you've had other career. Like yeah, other, you, other. yeah,
1: A million other jobs.
0: Yeah, um, so you, like you were working at the law firm. Um, what when the p- poker test came out? Uh, I guess okay. Once you're, once we move past the poker test, like at what point? I, I mean, let's talk about the bill test. I don't think you we've. You've had a chance to really share this story.
1: Ugh. Bill Test, in my opinion, is the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> just, no one else agrees with me. Um, so Bill Test, you were there when it was created. I just didn't show you when it was created. I don't know if I've told you that I've told you the story. I think, right?
0: Wait, uh, I don't. I don't remember this. I don't know.
1: This was. Uh, this was. I, oof, I was vis- visiting you in Orlando. Okay. And we. Uh, your friend Grace and Ray's friend Chris were in town as well.
0: Right. I remember this.
1: And I... I mean, they'll never listen to this, so who cares? They were making people feel uncomfortable. Uh, I definitely felt uncomfortable. And yeah. it's like, I just don't really like being around this. So I just would go to thinking about magic, playing with ideas, just kind of fiddling like I do when I'm uncomfortable. Um, and I had just seen a routine with coins that was it's a version of the lethal tender that was done in the spectator's hands and it's where coins change places uh and i went that is brilliant and it was this it was like an updated version because like the classic lethal tender is good but i've never loved it but it's very visual so it's also updated version loved it and was like all right how what, what can i do with this idea like how many other ways can you do this and not use coins and I started playing with bills. I was just tearing bills up, going to town, and I created bill test, kind of like on the spot. Right. And it was actually at dinner at the Hard Rock Cafe yep. that I night. I remember
0: that, yeah.
1: I, I, every, like, I think you were talking to Grace, and I think Ray was in the conversation. So it was just kind of Chris and I sitting there. And I gave Chris two bills, said, hey, check these bills out, mix them up, put them behind your back, or, or mix them up behind your back and come out. And I just did the trick on him. And fooled him and handed him the bills right back because that's the beauty of bill test is at yeah. no point are the the bills are 100 percent examinable like the whole time and he just kind of sat there dumbfounded and like that was just kind of my like my quick tester being like does this work or am i stupid and i did it and it worked and then i just went home and wrote it down and i did it a couple more times played with it And I remember seeing someone else do a bill transposition. It was Eugene Berger's slow-mo bill transpo. Right. And I loved it. And I went, okay, how can I take my idea and kind of apply it to that? How can I kind of do the same thing he did, but still removing gimmicks and still removing moves and making it as simple as possible? So it was very easy to do. Uh, And then I remember not even showing Sebastian, just telling Sebastian, hey, I have an idea for a bill transposition. And he was, like, sort of uninterested, and then I, like, just was reading my notebook, my method, and, like, how it looks. And I remember him just being like, oh, my God, that's good. And then he just sat down and started, like, working on it, and he right away was just hooked and he was like, "That this is, like, the best thing ever. Yeah. And so uh, that's just kind of how it happened, and then we played with it for – we did every possible method known to man that we could think of. And still kept coming back down to bill tests being the simplest and easiest and the only method we could find that could borrow any bills. Right. Uh, we couldn't find any other method that allowed you to be that free. Every other method, you had to borrow a kind of bill, and then you could borrow a, a, any other bill. But you always had to be like, I need a five and something else. And we hated that. And so we just went, we finally had the method where we went, I need... Anything. Just give me two different bills and we're good. Yeah. And uh, and that was the bill test. And then showed Greg. Uh, Greg loved it. He took my gimmick and said, you know, I like it, but can you make me a gimmick that looks like this? So I went, sure. And I built it for him, mailed it to him. He showed uh, his partner, David Walt, and uh, Michael Weber and I think someone else. And they all said the same thing which was like, hey, you know, you could simplify it if you just, like, removed this part. And every part they wanted him to remove was the part that he added. And so then Greg called me later and was like, yeah, okay, well, your method's the better method. So <laughs> he was like, that's that's cool, though. But he then he did end up adding something else. He added his own change and kind of his own routine that looked really good. So we still added that to the DVD. It's really good. And then that trick bombed because it released... On top of one of the most visual build changes to ever come out. Uh, but one of the most impractical build changes to ever come out. So the demo video looked beautiful because it was all visual effect. Right. Not visual effects. It was real. Yeah. It's like Instagram magic and not real life magic. Yeah. Whereas my demo was very straightforward and very much like this is what it looks like in real life. Because this is a real life trick. And uh, it, uh, it bombed me. The build test just went just just yeah.
0: It bombed in comparison to
1: poker test yeah. But Uh, everything will at this point so.
0: Yeah, well, you can't say that. Um, You don't. I hope
1: I can beat myself one day, but I just don't think I'll ever beat myself.
0: Um. Yeah. So the build test came out, and are you now working on anything else?
1: Uh, I'm working on quite a few different tricks right now. The one I'm most excited about is the expression test. Uh, And it's kind of the same thing. I got to this point where I'm like, okay, I kind of want to release this trick. It'll be the first instant download I've ever done. There's no gimmicks, no nothing. Okay. It's just a straightforward routine. You can pick up a deck of cards at a bar that has been, you know, it's like obliterated. Like it could be a horrible deck of cards and still nail this, nail this routine perfectly. Uh, Or you can do it with a great, deck of cards. Like, it it doesn't matter. Um, Right. It's very much uh, influenced by Paul Cummins, uh, who's here in Jacksonville, if you didn't know. Um, (laughs) And, uh, he has this idea called Fastu, which means from a shuffled deck in use, which is the ability to perform with any deck of cards at any time, no matter what. And I've been really inspired by that and influenced by him because I love watching him perform. And, like, a lot of my magic now is kind of created around that, so... I'm worried to release it because it's the simplest trick on the planet. And that's what freaks me out is because it's so easy that I'm like, people are going to see the demo and either be like, that's dumb or I'm going to have to cut the demo a bit to kind of hide the method. Cause if I do what I did with poker test and build test and have a full uncut demo, I mean, any magician worth their chops is going to be able to like recreate the trick. No problem. Right. And there's like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's what I did growing up. Uh, but I, I like there's just small details in the routine that are like so important and necessary to get right. Yeah, that I don't want someone to recreate it and then do my work incorrectly. Right, um, right. So, but upon wanting to release it naturally, I went straight to Sebastian. This was, like a year ago. Uh, this is while <laughs> this is right before he had surgery um, for his brain cancer. I showed him the routine. And he liked it, but didn't love it. Gave me some pointers. And was like, okay, it's good, but I need to see some stuff change. He goes in for brain surgery. Gets out. As he's recovering, I go back and I show him my newer version. Halfway through, he just stops me and is like, this is good. And I haven't (laughs) even finished the trick. And he's like, this is a great routine, man. It's like, this is going to be so good. I finish the trick and he's like, yeah, this is awesome. I love this. Uh, And so that was a year ago uh i filmed i've already filmed the demo i've already filmed all the explanation for how to do the trick the only reason it's not out yet is because sebastian this is one of the first times that he's been like performing this routine Mm -hmm. uh and he's added some small details to it now that i saw him do literally two weeks ago and my head exploded (laughs) that is so cool And now I've been doing it with like his small added details. And it's the trick itself inherently is the exact same trick. Right. Uh, So my style is remove every slight possible, make it as easy as possible, make it as accessible as possible. Sebastian's style is I don't care. I'm just going to make it good. So he's added some stuff to it that I normally would remove. But now that I've been doing his additions, uh, it doesn't make the trick that much more complex. To like to not include it, so I have to include it now. So now I'm refilming the explanation. I'll have my simplified version because um, that's what most of the demo video is, and then I'll have Sebastian's ever so slightly more complex version because um, it's just so good. It's it's so necessary yeah. to have both versions, and then I have a third version that is a totally different method uh, that is the easiest of all of the methods. That back to back a spectator. A regular spectator would be like, that's the exact same trick. Magicians will see them and be like, those are wildly different, but they look identical to spectators. So I got to include that too. So it went from being like one simple trick I was going to release to being like, it's now technically three tricks that I'm releasing, but it'll still be innocent download. And cool. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on now. Really excited about that. I have no timeline though.
0: Yeah. Which is fine. Let's actually, and we got to, I got to, we got to finish up pretty soon. We've gone, which is fine. Um, So I'm going to just, let's see, I think, I think I have one more question that was submitted. Let's want to make sure we don't want to miss out. Yeah. uh, John Michael Hinton said, favorite magic live moment. Hey, which also, okay. Side tangent. uh, Did you know John Hinton grew up in Saudi Arabia, like his formative years?
1: I didn't know he grew up there. I knew he'd been there. But growing up is totally yeah. different than just being there. Yeah, so like his nope, life. didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so you're going to have to check out that podcast because I interviewed John and his life story. I mean, we did a whole lot on just like his experiences growing up in different countries and things. Like, it's nuts. Anyways, what? yeah, it's great. So, I
1: mean, I'm assuming that's going to be out by the time this one comes out. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I will have listened to it.
0: So, okay, but a uh, favorite Magic Live moment from John Michael Hinton.
1: Oh, man. Okay, favorite live moment.
0: It's hard. That's a hard one because live is awesome. They
1: get better every year because I just get to meet more people Mm -hmm. every year and get to build all these new ones. But I would say it was probably one of my favorite live moments, but at the same time, most frustrating live moments. Um, But it was the first time I ever saw uh, Jay Bear perform like oh
0: yes I remember that and oh my God it was,
1: it, there was nothing like it I had yeah. never seen anything any performance like that uh, and I knew it was one of the few times I'd seen something you just said Jay brain, Bear
0: you need to re- Joseph say Barry. Joseph Barry say Joe, his name again Joe <laughs> which Joe I had I have interviewed Joe Barry he's an amazing like such yeah. a kind human
1: but it was also one of the first times I ever saw a performance and my brain instantly went. Yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Like, I see stuff and I'm like, oh, I could do things like that. Like, I'll see Danny De Ortiz in his hands-off approach I like. I like the amount of times I can have a spectator shuffle a deck of cards and still perform. Right. Um. So I've got that from Danny. Uh, I like Juan's eccentric feeling, but I just, the magic he does isn't really my style, but I love his performance. Joe was the first time that I went uh, every bit of it. Like there was no part of him performing that my brain just didn't connect to on a level I've never connected with a performer and right. like seen a performer. So I that and so he did the first half he did like per, er, performance, and every magician's fooled. We're all flipping out. It's great. Yeah, but it's kind of a big audience at this lecture.
0: Yeah, because the audience lecturing. grew because it was one of his last ones. Because
1: yeah, peep, word of just, mouth. Like no I- one, no one had heard of Joe Barry. Ever.
0: Yeah, and so, like, and his... then
1: his first lecture, yeah, the word of mouth spread that everyone's like, you do not miss this lecture. No yeah. one missed this, like, you have to see it. So, yeah, I was busy doing stuff probably with Katie or something, and finally I, like, checked the time. I'm like, okay, I have to go see this. Because
0: I, I, I don't know how and many he... Do you know how many he did that at Magic four. Live? for? because we were at the last four. one. I know we were at the last two, one. Two, yeah. And everyone was like, oh, I have to show up for this, because it was, like, people, there was people standing, like, in the... I mean, the whole... Yeah. Room was covered with people at that point because it just spread
1: yeah so the first half is is pure joy in in me experiencing magic for the first time again like (laughs) i am a child again i'm connecting with a performer i'm like this is it like this is why i got into magic i i haven't i haven't felt that way about magic since that day either so it's probably just one of my best experiences in magic in years And then the frustrating part hits is when he lectures and there's been many conversations about this. We have an article about this. I've gotten in trouble for this. The amount of stupid questions that were asked.
0: uh, Oh, yeah. Slowed
1: down the lecture and it was like everything he would teach. I, again, was a few times that I, my brain connected and was like, I get it. I get this. I get the move. I understand what you're doing. I get the misdirection. Move on. Get the next trick. And I get that other people weren't like that. So they had a lot of questions. And I will still admit that I was very frustrated. I wish I wasn't. I wish I could move past that. And I wish I could understand that questions are good. And in that situation, though, in that situation, those people were hindering my growth. And so I was furious. And that's a very selfish way to look at it. But frankly, it was the truth at that moment. So,
0: And I mean, I mean so, yeah. it's just... It, that's gonna happen with that big of an audience yeah like you just it was yeah
1: exactly huge audience so i mean i we saw him what two months later at tricks or was it a year later at tricks i don't really oh, remember oh
0: no i don't remember well we first well it, no we, i think it actually was no, a
1: full year later at tricks
0: it had to have been at least a year later because we we saw him at magic live because he and had then a, couple a new days. haircut and
1: we saw him at at couple, the castle. Yeah, a
0: couple days later, right after Magic Live, we went to L. A. Oh my god! And yeah. we went to and the still castle. And I was starstruck
1: by the guy, so oh, I could barely yeah. talk to him at the castle. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because so we go to the castle, and then um, I was because so, I agree. I was I remember sitting next to you for the lecture at Magic Live, and just it was so good. Like I don't even know how to express yeah. how amazing. Because I agree with you, like sometimes you connect more with one person over another. And I, I agree with, like, I love his style too. And then yeah, we, the and best. then we go to the castle, and I was so excited because he called me on stage, so I got to sit yeah. next to him while he was performing so card jealous. tricks. And I was like, this is it so was cool. You and,
1: it was you and Courtney Berger on stage, right?
0: No, it was, it was me and understand. a guy. It was a guy.
1: Oh, with, you and Courtney then with the other guy. It was a different the, guy. Like, that jewels trick with that bag or like the rocks yes. in that bag. Yeah, 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 that. yeah. That actually fooled me and still has me fooled to this day.
0: Yeah. But like uh, going, but going back to J- Joseph Barry, it's like we were both really starstruck. And then it was a whole year later that he was at Tricks. And I kind of love the story yeah. and I want to tell it because. Oh,
1: yeah, it's the best.
0: Because he, he comes to Tricks. And I think we both, I mean, I'm going to put words in your mouth a little bit, but I think we were both still a little starstruck and kind of were like, he's not going to remember us. We're nobody. And Absolutely. He's he, still my
1: hero at this moment. Yeah,
0: and he didn't really know anyone at Trix. Trix is a small magic convention in North Carolina that only has about 100 or so people that go, and they had flown him in, you know? And he sees us, and he recognizes us. He's like, well, I don't know anyone. And he comes up and starts talking to us. He's like, hey, guys, what's up? And we're like, hi. Hello, Joseph yeah. Berry. <laughs> like, and so,
1: yeah, we got to be his best friends.
0: Yeah. And, until he performed. Until he performed, and I... Was just like, you know what? I'm gonna ask him, like, hey, can I interview you for the podcast? He was like, sure, let's do it. And I mean, he was so humble too. He's like, really mean? I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? And then so we were in like our hotel room, which was just like, I'm sitting across from this guy that, you know, I really look up to interviewing him. And that was like day two of the convention. And then, and nobody knew him, nobody cared, nobody was talking to him. And then he was the closing lecture. Right at the magic convention, yeah, yeah, he did the
1: final lecture and performance, and then it and, was over at that
0: and point. And everyone stood up and gave him a standing ovation, and no one had been doing it. I mean, everyone loved the lectures. Don't get me wrong; everyone was enjoying yeah. every single lecture, clapping, whatever. But I mean, people lost their mind. Just stood up, standing ovation, you know. And he just is like, "Oh, thanks, guys. All right, like so humble, you know." And yeah, that. And then, God. and then we didn't get to talk to him much after that because everyone was just like.
1: Yeah, the whole world. But it was fine because we, we just, got two days yeah. to hang out with the guy and got to get, we showed him Chick fil A for the first time. I don't we, know if you remember that.
0: You showed him what?
1: Chick fil A for the first oh, time. Oh,
0: that's right. We took him to Chick fil A. I forgot. He, was, he said he was hungry. Yeah, we like... literally
1: finished the podcast. We walked out and then we were, I thought we were going our separate ways. Then he was just like, well, I got nothing to do. You guys want to get food? That's All right. right. Yeah. We're still hanging out, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah every day
1: of that convention was like more and more confusing because I was like, I can't believe I'm still hanging out with this guy. I can't believe... And then like by the end, I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm friends with this guy. I can't yeah. believe I'm friends with this guy. Like what's happening?
0: Yeah, no, it's been such an interesting experience, I think, for both of us. I mean, it kind of makes more sense for you, but like I'm an insider's outsider or I'm an outsider's insider. I don't really... I don't know. Yeah, yeah and... Whatever, Whatever. Whichever one that is. And so like I just a couple days ago interviewed daniel garcia for the podcast and i just had this moment where i was like oh he's my friend like i'm not like and what a bizarre thing to yeah say that like about him
1: daniel garcia was the first magic trick i've ever bought with my own money was uh one of his tricks yeah that i'd saved up for to get and then now i will have drinks with him at live probably yeah and yeah when he, he was in atlanta for the max convention i got to go out with him and i'm like what is happening like, yeah how did how did my life get here so if there's any kids listening to this uh just keep just don't leave the community yeah. and you'll then become a part of the community that's you just have to exist apparently because yeah. that's all i did for ages it just existed and and worked extremely hard well, yeah, I worked hard as well. Also, you worked yeah, hard. You were
0: well-read. Don't, yeah, don't undermine. Never
1: stop working.
0: Yeah, never stop working. And we're, let's run out of time. So I have, I don't know if you know this, Eric. I have a closing question that I'm asking every magician for season two. I'm calling this season two of Slided. We're uh, starting why fresh. Why you warn me? We well, it's a, a good question. question. No, it's a good question. So my question, my final question for you, is there anything you wished I had asked you about?
1: that's interesting um it's interesting because you're my sister and in my head I'm like we're just sitting here talking but we're reminiscing about things that you know so is there anything oh man I don't know I'm trying to think I'm trying to put my my shoes like, if you were a different...
0: If I wasn't spirit, your sister?
1: <laughs> if I didn't grow up with you and you knew damn near everything about my life, <laughs> what would I have wanted you to ask?
0: Yeah. Or just, like, what... Maybe,
1: we- maybe less about magic, to be honest, and more about, like, yeah, law firm, and now I consult for rock climbing gyms and things yeah. like that. Uh, but I think that's also just because it's on the forefront of my mind that, like, right. that's what I'm doing now, and it's a super unique job and experience that I had no idea I could ever do as a job is consult for a climbing gym and now do marketing and advertising, but like just for climbing gyms. That's nuts.
0: Which, Uh, which is cool. I mean, another part of that story and I never like chimed in, but I mean that that's going back to when you called me and said like years ago when you were 18, you're like, I don't want to do college. And mom and dad were like, you'd be insane not to. And I was like, no, it's fine. And I think people put, and you know what's funny is Danny Garcia and I, we were talking about this on the podcast, on his interview, how he did one year of college and then said, I want to pursue magic full time. I don't want to do college. And so we were both talking about how, like, that's okay. Yeah, I technically
1: did do one year as well. Yeah,
0: you did. Yeah, that's right. You did one year.
1: I got got conned into it uh, by all the adults in my life who said, you have to, to do it to succeed.
0: Yeah. Well, you don't. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You just have to literally never give up. And keep, I will will say this, man, since I feel like I graduated, other than the one year of going to college, I feel like since I graduated high school, I've kind of only just done what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I feel like I got lucky with having a good work ethic as well. So like, I know what I want to do. So I know it's hard to get there, but I want like all the steps to get there. I want to do those steps too, even though it's hard work. I want to do it because I know it's like my future end game and like that's the goal. And so, I don't know. I just feel lucky because in like the past five years, I can't really think about a day that like I had to wake up and do a thing that I was like, oh, I don't want to do this.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I
1: love everything that I do now. It's great. Yeah,
0: yeah. You're living. You are. I mean, you. You like to say I'm living the dream to everyone when people ask you how you are, but you actually are, because you are pursuing everything. it has been true for years. Yeah. Which is so cool. And, like, I get it.
1: Like, I used to work front desk at a climbing gym, and that wasn't my actual... That wasn't the dream, but that was the step to get to the dream. Right. And so that's fine. I'll do that for as long as I got to do that to get me to where I want to go, and now I'm here. I've made it. Mm -hmm. And it's insane to me, and Mm -hmm. it is still the dream, so...
0: And we'll have to talk about that uh, that other career that you're doing on another another podcast. But yeah, because I do intend on branching out. Yeah. Thanks so much, baby bro. <laughs> I I haven't uh-huh. called you that the whole podcast. <laughs> I didn't call you that. I always call Eric baby bro. And so, but They're seriously, thanks. Thank you for not demoralizing me on the podcast forever until right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I just turn off the mic. <laughs> it was awesome. So, all right, thanks.
1: Okay, love you. What? I just said I love you. And I can say I love you back on the. Did you already stop recording? Unbelievable. I'm recording on my side. And so it's going to be silent so no one can hear what Chelsea's saying. But just to verify, she never said I love you back. Yeah. No one's going to make it this far in the podcast. We're like two hours in. Yep. Two part this one. (laughs) Scene.
0: Thanks, everyone, for listening to The Slighted Show. Music was brought to you by Luca Sommerfeld, a longtime listener. Thank you again, Luca, for your contribution to the podcast. That's all, folks. We'll see you next week.